This is Exponent Philanthropy's catalytic podcast, Conversations with Leaders at Small Foundations. Meet some of the most creative, resourceful, and risk-taking foundation people in the country. Part three of our conversation with Michael Weinberg of the Thornburg Foundation, Michael reflects on how the Funder Coalition evolved as members worked together and with New Mexico's legislature. The coalition had some longer-term goals in mind, but the group remained open and flexible, paying attention to opportunities that emerged. A coalition is a powerful way for foundations to learn together. One foundation usually takes a leading role in convening the group and being intentional about advocacy, but every foundation learns skills along the way, and each member brings a different and valuable perspective to the work. The coalition becomes a structure for doing policy work and also a training ground for civic engagement. Members learn as they work and build confidence for more advocacy. Michael offers tips for getting started. In 2019, our legislature and and governor created the fourth of its kind in the nation standalone early childhood department. Um, And there are um, other places where um, early childhood is configured in ways that are, are close to being a standalone department, but to make it a cabinet level agency that, that for us was, um, a, a huge policy win. And what I, what I think is exciting is it's actually not what we set out to do as a foundation. Um, I, I came aboard in 2014 and, and as I mentioned, um, one of the first things I did was develop this strategic plan. And one aspect of that strategic plan um, had to do with improving the coordination of the early childhood system in New Mexico, but we weren't attached to the idea that we needed a standalone department. We we just knew that, um, and I'm, I'm using the royal we, this was um, a large group of stakeholders that I had um, worked with to craft the strategic plan. And, and there was strong consensus that the way that that early childhood had been evolving in New Mexico, um, it was it was spread out across agencies. Um, there were certain inefficiencies, there was duplication, and that over time there there was clearly this opportunity for improvement. Um, but I, I I just say that because it was it was an organic, excuse me, an organic process through which we arrived at this eventual outcome of having a department. Um, so, so to back up a little bit, um, really, what some of our the early work that our foundation focused on was increasing access to high quality early childhood programs in the state. 
we knew that there was strong evidence of these programs' effectiveness. And I should clarify the programs that I'm referring to specifically are home visiting, which is an uh, an evidence-based model of coaching parents um, with newborns, pre-kindergarten, and childcare. I would say those are the three that that we were focused the most on growing. Um, and to do that, um, we we were really making a, a wide variety of grants, um, some of them to support research around what are the best practices, um, some to fund demonstration of promising practices and evaluation to accompany that demonstration, um, and some for direct advocacy. So those those would probably be the three buckets of grant making that that I would say guided our work. Um, the other thing that that we that I did really early on was collaborate with other funders in the state of New Mexico. So there wasn't any formal structure when when I came into the job, but there were others who were state based who were making similar kinds of grants, and we gathered rather informally and just began this conversation about um, what each of us was working on with the goal to um, better coordinating our grant making, maybe making the lives of our grantees a little bit easier, and and if nothing else, being able to amplify the the work that we were doing um, by by coordinating. Over time, what we what we kept hearing from policymakers, from legislators, is that they were enthusiastic about growing these early childhood programs, um, but there was a lack of clarity of, about um, the cohesiveness of a, a plan for how to do so. And because these programs were spread out amongst several departments, it wasn't it wasn't easy to. Um, to, to go to any one agency and say, how would you do this? So our funders group, oh, I'm, I'm estimating here, I, I think it was 2017. We said, what if, what if we funded the creation of a statewide plan? Um, we had a governor's race that was coming up the following year, 2018. And we said, this could really be something that we could hand the next administration that they could um, make their own and implement if they so chose. So um, we pooled our funds at the Santa Fe Community Foundation. We issued an RFP and we selected a, a consultant who would work with us to develop that statewide plan. We call it a business plan. Um, and we, we chose that language deliberately because we wanted this to appeal to um some of those who had been reluctant to grow these early childhood programs. Um, and those tended to be those who are more fiscally conservative. And, and we thought if we could speak their language, they, they might be more apt to pay attention and listen. One of the things that emerged from that business plan was the, the theme that I um, mentioned really at the beginning around this need for um, better coordination of the system. And the, the business plan actually just laid out a few options for how that could, could be done. So um, 
it, um, it could have been that there was a designated person within the governor's office who would oversee them. Um, it could be the, the various departments, I should say. It could have been taking the programs that were spread out between departments and putting them in one existing department, such as the public education department or the children, youth, and families department, or it could have been the creation of this new um, department. And what surprised us was uh, when we presented the plan, the steering committee and some of the members of the funders group, the response was um, overwhelmingly that uh, agreement that there was a need for a, a new standalone department. And, um, and so that next legislative session um, with strong bipartisan support, as well as support from our, at the time, newly elected governor, um, we, we saw the, um, saw the creation of, of this, what is now called the, um, early childhood education and care department. As far as, um, how another foundation might get started with this, I, I mean, it, it seems to me there are a couple of, couple of themes that stand out. I mean, one is just the power of working with others. And what I'm imagining is that uh, whatever a foundation's issue area is, um, there are probably, well, not probably, I'm certain that there are others who are, who are interested in that same area. And, and being able to collaborate with other funders, um, it's, it is hard um, in that it's time consuming, it's a little bit messy. And the, the other thing that has occurred to me repeatedly is that we as foundations don't necessarily have to work in that way. We each have our own endowments that we can distribute with, without needing to um, confer with, with anyone else. But in terms of, I think I used the term earlier, um, amplifying the um, the kind of impact that we have. Um, I, I really am a firm believer in um, the power of collaboration to do that. Um, I, I'll just say, when we approached the legislature, I, I remember um, an early hearing of the Senate Finance Committee, and one of the trustees who, who leads um, the Brendel Foundation, which is a, a small very lean staffed foundation that had done almost no advocacy or policy work up to that point. Um, when she testified in front of that committee, it was really powerful for her to be able to say, I am here on behalf of a group of funders. And I just think that resonated in a way that no one of us could have commanded the same kind of attention. So that's, that's one. It's this idea of collaborating and then, and then the second is, you know, this isn't something where anyone needs to invent the wheel. There, there really are a lot of resources that are, that are already out there. There are a lot of nonprofits who are very focused on advocacy. So I think really leaning into um, that community of, of grantees is, a, is an easy first step for, um, for any funder who wants to um, dip their toe in in the water of this this catalytic approach. I actually want to give our board credit as well. Um, I think that they were 
um, in, enthusiastic cheerleaders is probably putting it mildly that they really saw the value of funding in this way. And, and I think that over time, it's, it's almost like that idea of success begets success that we, we experienced some early wins and, and saw um, the potential. And so it, it helped them um, grow some confidence and, and want to do um, more. So I, I really give, give them a lot of credit for um, over time. You know, we've used this word trust quite a bit, but I felt a growing sense of trust from the board in our overall in the overall strategy that I laid out and and more and more just support for um, the the particular tactics of getting there. Thanks to Michael for joining us. To learn more about the work of Michael Weinberg and the Thornberg Foundation, visit the Catalytic Podcast website. Look for new Catalytic podcasts each month. Meet more creative funders. Benji Roo does the audio engineering and mixing. Our website is by Kwok Lee. Our music is by O Future. The Catalytic Podcast is made possible by grants from two Exponent members, the 1772 Foundation and the Blackstone Ranch Institute. I'm your producer and host, Andy Carroll. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.